Hello, everyone, and welcome to I Hope I Can Make It Through Degrassi Viewing Podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie. I'm your neophyte, Frank. And today we're taking a look at Degrassi Next Generation Season 6, Episode 7, Working for the Weekend. Yeah, this is... It. This is a, a refreshing, good one. <laughs> right. Like, we're kind of rendered speechless, not because we are outraged or because we are hurt or because of any of those emotions. We're, we like this episode. It was a very pleasant episode. Um, We'll go into, like, the, you know, the play-by-play of everything. But um, I, I'm very excited by this episode because it feels like it was getting back to a lot of the things that we really liked about earlier Degrassi, which is just focusing on very small scale stories, more interpersonal. Um, the episode goes into the interiors of characters and why they're feeling the way that they are. Um, even if they don't make the best decisions, you're still cheering for them. Um and and brings up some stuff that just, you know, I, that just feel, it's just a very human episode. Um, and I really appreciate it. And I'm excited to talk about it with you, Frank. Yep. So I guess let's just get started. Inter- let's introduce our A plot and our B plot, and then let's just go into it. Yeah. Um, okay, so our A plot is um, Jimmy... Uh, Spinner and Ashley all get their career aptitude tests. Spinner's not happy about his. And it leads him to open up a t-shirt store with Jimmy. Um, meanwhile, Ashley, not Ashley, Alex is back at Degrassi to earn some credits and improve her grades so she can get into school. But her past is catching up with her. Yeah. So we'll just go through the whole entire episode beginning to end. Um, and we open up the episode in the hallways of Degrassi. Um, Spinner's at his locker. Darcy approaches him. Um, she apologizes about, um, about how things kind of shook out with their relationship. Um, she tacks on the kind of, you know, I hope we can still be friends. Uh, but it's a pretty closed door on what is going on regarding their relationship dynamic. And um, good riddance. Yeah, I was not pumped on this relationship. No, it, it had a lot of troubles, um, and I think especially how it went down was particularly um, not great. Um, so while we feel pretty okay about it, it's clear that Spinner is pretty bummed out um, and kind of sets the tone for where his brain is at during the episode. Um, Sorry to interrupt, but, like, <laughs> like, honestly, this thought just popped in my head. Like... Spinner's too good for Darcy. I think Spinner's too good for this variation of Darcy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think the thing is with Darcy is, is that there is a very, very defined line um, that I feel like when talking about Darcy, there's the Darcy that is the more, um, more progressive version of her and the Darcy that is being used more as like an adversary type of situation. Yeah. Um, and I think that once that, you know, once we go from the original Darcy to that later form of Darcy, it's really hard to cheer for her. It's really hard to, like, really, like, support her. I mean, obviously, it doesn't mean that she deserves the things that happened to her, like, you know, in the episode prior. Like, we're not no. co-signing that by any means. But 
it does make it very hard to cheer for her as like a protagonist nonetheless. No, I was just editing the episode today where she is giving shit to um, uh, Maya and yeah. whatnot. And I'm like, oh, seriously, fuck you, Darcy. <laughs> but that's, but th- again, that's a different Darcy from the Darcy who was going against Linus in Friendship Club, right? Yeah. Like, those are two different entities of Darcy. Um, and I think the version that we are seeing right now, it's, it's tough to really, really, it's, it's hard to see the good in her in many ways because of it. Um, but what I do like about this episode is, and I think this continues, like Darcy is not being treated as this awful person. It's more, the circumstances suck. It's more that it's a closed door. So now Spinner's bummed out. Like, it's yeah. not it's not him going on a tirade against Darcy. This is the only time that, you know, other than his his poetry, which we'll get to, um, he's pretty, like, you know, he's not trying to get revenge. He's not trying to, like, go against her in any way. Um, he's just processing a shitty breakup. And it, it feels really pleasantly human. Um, and it's nice to see it. Nice to see, you know, it not become one of those big things where there is all this resentment where, you know, people are throwing drinks at each other and things like that. It's just it happened. It sucked. And that kind of sets the emotional space that Spinner is in when we get to the media center. And um, Sauve is talking to the class and explaining that they are about to open up their career aptitude tests. Yeah. Um, And they do. Yeah. And Jimmy gets criminal lawyer. Ashley gets a uh, family lawyer. And the two of them are like, we should open a law firm together when we're out of college. And I joked, Jock and Goth, attorneys at law. Um, I'd watch that NBC procedural. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, I rest my case. Touchdown. <laughs> but uh, Spinner, Spinner. Remember. Okay. Divorce and love will tear you apart. I rest my case. This is a divorce proceeding. There are no judges or juries here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, While they're setting their eyes on some, uh, you know, some NBC procedural spinner gets his top three. Um, And his top three include the following. Uh, Number one slot, we got clown. Number two, we got a cop. And number three, we got lumberjack. Um, and so Vey is like, you know, this is just a guide. Don't, don't, you know, don't, don't have your whole entire life dictated by this. But, um, as somebody who has been in classes that have done this type of, you know, this type of activity, like, it doesn't matter if you're saying, you know, it's, it's, you know, it doesn't matter how many times you're like, no, it's fine. It's not, it doesn't mean that this is what you're going to be. It's like, you're telling a kid your aspirations are not going to be met and you're going to be doing something that is not at all what you want to do. It's going to leave a mark. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I, you know what? I bet you Sauve had herself a good laugh at, at uh, Spinner's results. Oh, like, yeah. Um, well, no, I don't, I don't know how much she's going to get a laugh out of that, though. Um. No, not Miss Ove. I forgot he he's had he had problems with um uh, the English teacher. Oh we yeah, haven't seen no, in no, a while. no. If Quan saw these results, yes, Quan would laugh. 
so they so they I, I don't think would laugh but Quan absolutely would laugh and <laughs> given given his his very rocky relationship with her um I, I understand where that would come from um I also kind of like how again a lot of this show, a lot of this episode is relatively small scale and I, I like that they're going with this because while this is definitely like a trope that has happened in a lot of teen media it is something that actually does happen in schools um like we had the career aptitude type test deal happen um as well and it it kind of is similar in terms of how the group dynamic processes the results like they people do start treating the kids who get certain career fields differently um and of course it's unchecked by the teachers right like that that should be a lesson in of itself saying like hey like you know, why are you making fun of the kid who got custodial staff? Like, yeah. why are you making fun of the, lum- the kid who got lumberjack? Why are you, you know, why do you think the person who has, like, lawyer is, is so much better? Or, like, you know, how is the kid who got cop being treated? Is it is it positively because now they're a member of the community? Or is it the realism that there's a lot of corruption in that field? Like, there is a legitimate lesson that can be had. But a lot of the time, at least when I experienced it, and as you see in this episode, a lot of the time it's, ha ha, what'd you get? Oh, that's cool. Oh, you got clown? Ha ha, fuck you, buddy. Like, it's no, there's no real, like, pushing it forward at all. I mean, the thing is also with this is just, like, you know, making fun of people from this, you know. Well, like, I'm just thinking about how, like, last year changed everything. Mm-hmm. Like... Where we're just like, oh, you got this. Now we're like, you are so, you know, important to society, blah, blah, blah. Like, as we we continue to exploit you, you know. There's also, there's also, um, you know, the piece of how there, there's also this piece that um, I think that is always really hard and happens a lot when we're working with secondary ed kids is there is a lot of emphasis on like the job the 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 title of the job that you're going to get right it's not as much about like you know here's your skill sets this is what you're good at for example like I assumed given my you know given my skill set and given the degree that I got and everything I was going to be a teacher and that was what if I wanted to do anything that I wanted to do I had to be a teacher um And while I did teach and while I'm grateful for the time that I taught and while like, you know, I'm really appreciative of that experience, even if teaching is a field that gets deeply exploited. um, It took until I grew up basically to learn that like I could have the same exact credentials and then run an after school program. You know, like I feel like. It feels ridiculous to me that I went through all of junior high, all of high school all of college saying like, oh, I want to teach. Oh, I want to teach. And nobody went, you realize you could do all these skills in another thing, right? Like that was never, I had to stumble upon it. And I think that happens a lot when we're talking about career development is like, you have to fall into, like, it's it's always like a weird circumstance when the fact of the matter is our career services fail kids all the fucking time. And it becomes like all these rudimentary, even the idea of just criminal lawyer and family lawyer. Do not actually go into like the nuances of law and the ways that you can specialize in it. I'm just gonna throw this out there. Uh, when I was in high school, my guidance counselor told me I was not uh, uh, I was not going to be able to get into Rutgers, the one school I was applying to. 
Oh, yeah, I was told Rutgers was a reach for me, too. Good. Glad we're in the same boat. And we're... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so uh, Spinner has just received the one-two punch yep. of, <laughs> like... One-three oh, punch, more like. Uh, well, no, more... No, it's a one... One-two, I think a Lumberjack is totally, legit, like, a fine career field, and, and if somebody got oh. that, that's not the end of the world. No, I was... Sorry. I, I, I was going to say the one-two punch of both on a personal and professional level. Yeah. So, um, he is depressed. And um, Ashley and Jimmy invite him to a party at Marco's. Um, and he's like, no, I'm just going to sit at home and read my sad poetry. Yeah, and he sure does. He sure does. It's that, that delicious cliche of just, like, every line rhyming. Like, you know, just, like a bunch of rhyming and everything and it's it's fucking it's not good we had to pause <laughs> we didn't pause too much of this episode but we certainly paused at that um and ashley and jimmy are kind of like a, you gotta you gotta snap out of it type deal like you gotta get out of this like you're you're in a funk like you know come come hang out with us with like all of our like now cool college friends um, and try and like Paige is gonna be there. Yeah, like Paige is gonna be there. Like you know, just change. Like you know, just try and like get yourself out of this. I do like. I kind of like the dynamic that is here. While uh, you know, it sucks seeing that Spinner is going through all of this. I kind of like the dynamic that happens. I think a lot with teenagers, where it's like you got your friends who outwardly don't have their shit together, and then you have your friends that inwardly don't have their shit together. But the people who inwardly don't have their shit together are going to act like everything is fine. And, like, they are totally in control. Um, and it just is, like, this kind of funny thing where, you're like, you're watching, like, Jimmy and Ashley have all of this figured out. And they're like, oh, it's going to be fine. Oh, like, you know, don't worry about it. Even though, as we'll find out, everything is on fire in its own way. Um, I don't know. It just felt very, very much like they were teenagers. Like, they were people that are friends with each other, that have lived uh, really nice, like, lived in life. And that is such a relief to see because so much of the recent seasons have been them kind of being more like tropes and caricatures than actual humans. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, we cut to Alex, who is trying to study. Mm-hmm. Um, There's some younger kids at a table, or possibly same age, I don't know. Um, and they are... What? She doesn't know. Yeah. Um, and they are laughing at her and throwing carrots at her. She tries to threaten them. And they only continue. Um, basically, like, you have no power here. Yeah. Um, so she eventually, like, storms off. Um, and, yeah. Um, the ne- Do we cut immediately to her after the test? No, we cut immediately to the, col- the college house. Yeah. Um, the Harajuku girls are back. Um no lines. Um, why? Why will we give? Why will we give people lines when they're not white? Ayo. Um, Thought. So anyway. Um, Paige is feeling fancy free at banting. Yes. Um, honestly. Like, I know they can't go, like, third location because we don't have the money, but mm-hmm. I would love to see her life at Banting. Yeah, like, I think, I think I do kind of like 
there's a part of me that would like to see what banting is like, but there's another part of me that kind of likes the constraint of it because it does give me the feeling of like what it's like to have friends who left for school. I kind of like that. Like I like, I think I would prefer when it comes to this group of kids, like alumni, basically, I think I would prefer if we didn't see what they did in college and they just kind of had to come back because then, then it becomes whatever they say it is. Like they almost become unreliable narrators in many ways. Cause it's like, I feel like what would end up happening, at least with my friends who like, if I like, you know, I didn't have a ton of high school friends, but you know, of the friends that I had, it would be this kind of weird thing where it's like, you were trying to explain like what you were doing. Um, and it was either, like, there were so many details or so many, like, con- like there's so much context to your college campus that a lot of people would be like, oh, you wouldn't get it. Oh, you wouldn't understand. Or, you know, there were kids that were just trying to cover up that they were freaking out and didn't know how to talk about it. Um, or, you know, the variety of reasons why they may withhold information or change up information to make themselves seem better. So I kind of like that we don't know what's going on in Banting. I kind of like that, you know, we only have what she is telling us. And in many ways, I think it would be interesting if, all the characters had that type of treatment where we don't know what anyone is doing in college. Um, but it's still, it, it didn't feel, uh, it felt more real. Like it felt more like how it actually feels like when people come, you know, go to college and come back than, Mm -hmm. um, the other attempts at college that this show has done so far. Yeah. Um, so she is um, um, sorry, let me gather my thoughts. Um, uh, oh, she's saying to Spinner, "Oh, wow, you finally got some style, basically." Mm-hmm. Um, and he points out, like, "Oh, this is a Jimmy Brooks original," and. Um, you know, people throw around the idea of maybe Jimmy should start selling shirts. Um, Cause a lot of people have been asking where they get the terrible design t-shirts. They're not good. <laughs> the thing I, about them is like, they're very of the time to me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think, I don't think, I didn't think they were particularly great at the time either, but like they felt at least like they were contemporary. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they're making something that seemed super out of place. It, it was, there was an attempt. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, at first, it, it's like, it seems like one of those ideas that people just say at parties, like, oh, we should start a band together, or, right. like, you know, um, that one time, we, like, Donnie and I were hanging out, and we thought we should start throwing knives. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, just little impulses like that. Yeah, you know, mostly as a mostly as an intimidation tactic, yeah. but in like non in scenarios where we didn't need to intimidate anyone. Right, right. We were just like with people that we've known for like at least five years, but like we just don't want to spice things up, you know. Give them so, like, pun- so like punctuation, yeah, like some pepperoni pizza, knife in the wall. Yeah, exactly. And then we started getting invited places because we kept throwing knives in the wall. This is why we actually started a podcast, because nobody else would want to hang out with us, and this kind of guaranteed we'd see each other. Yeah. Um, so, I think now we cut to the test. No, we still don't. Damn it. <laughs> you just we just talk- watched this. What's wrong with my brain? <laughs> you just want to talk about Alex, that's why. 
Yes. Uh, Alex Braid, <laughs> you know it. Um, so you, we end up going to the school, um, and Spinner um, has become really inspired by Jimmy's potential um, T-shirt venture. Because, again, most of the time people say, hey, you know, what, like, you know, you should make a T-shirt shop. Oh, just start an Etsy. It's easy. And nobody really acts on it. But Spinner, especially because he's somebody who feels so lost and so, um, you know, all over the place right now, um, takes this to heart and uh, decides to draw up some logos. Now, the logos um, range from kind of stupid, uh, you know, portmanteaus of their names, of Spinner and Jimmy's names. Um, and then there's a logo on the side. This is Squatchware, and that's the one that Jimmy is really receptive toward. Um, and Jimmy and Jimmy is like, oh, like you know, it's kind of interesting. And Spinner just keeps laying it on thick because apparently he has spent all night thinking about this. He has all of these ideas. He has the connections to making things print. He has like you know, and to use Marco's dad to do that. Like he has all of these types of ideas. Um, and specifically points out that like you know, it's a way to make money. Um, it's a way to like do something and you can tell this is just Spinner thinking this is going to be his way to have like a purpose in life. Um, Jimmy initially says no, um, because to Jimmy, this is a distraction. This is a, you know, getting in the way of his goals. This is getting in the way of his aspirations of law school. Um, and Ashley kind of does the whole like, well, you know, he just looks so excited. Um, and Jimmy decides to reconsider and tell Spinner that he'll give it a shot. And Spinner is just entirely overwhelmed, um, overwhelmed with emotion. He's so happy that there's going to be this opportunity. Yeah. Um, I do like that a running thread through the um, episode is Spinner not knowing how to pronounce, like not knowing designers are yep. mispronouncing them or just getting the names wrong. It's like, you could be like John John. He's like, it's Sean John. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, like, it, I mean, it's a good way to, like, kind of have a joke, but also further reiterate that, like, Spinner's acting on impulse here. He's not, like, truly thinking all of this through. And I think it's a good example of someone not thinking it through, but it's not obnoxious as a viewer. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, that's just Spinner being Spinner, right? Like, this is what I expect Spinner to do in a situation like this. It feels consistent to his character. It, it you know... It, it's he, oh sorry because when he gets an idea he always puts in a hundred percent to it right exactly exactly whatever that idea is he's gonna go all in on um and it just feels very like in character for him it doesn't just feel like he's just trying to bring up like some sort of topic of the week um this is just how he is and and yeah it's just it's a very uh in character pleasant thing to watch even if it isn't the best idea yeah um so now we cut to uh alex after a test um she is seems very pleased with herself and miss hatsalakos points that out um and like alex is like yeah i'm just you know back here improving my grades because i want to get a physiotherapy degree um and miss hatsalakos is like you know what would help if you started doing lacrosse and i was like no dice teach (laughs) Like, I need people on this team or it's not going to be able to run. Yeah. Um, Alex responds, I'm fond of bashing people with a large stick. Um, and Ms. Hasbaugh says, you're thinking about it. Alex says, nah, I'm not a team player, uh, basically. Um, 
then we cut back to Ellie, Marco, and Dylan's place where everybody's making T-shirts in a um, in the house. Um, Ellie shows them a newspaper with someone wearing their shirt. Jimmy and Spinner are like they sell out their cardboard box run t-shirt business and this is where i said i stopped and said donnie i have an idea for a fan fiction my fan fiction idea is jimmy and spinner at an anime convention selling anime t-shirts oh that sounds great oh i would read the fuck out of that um so they're like man we're doing so well like we should you know like expand and they walk by a store with a for lease sign and they're like, oh, cool. Like, we can totally do this. Um, Spinner's like, I have some money saved up. And Jimmy's like, I have an academic fund that I can't um, take out of. And I'm not going to talk to my dad about this. Mm-hmm. Like, he would lose his shit. Um, and Spinner kind of continues to goad him on. Yeah. And then we cut, we cut to the dot where Alex is sitting down with Paige. Um... And I'm very happy about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, They're catching up. It's it's pretty, like, you know, standard exchange of, like, you know, somebody coming back from school. Um, and Paige is, like, pretty supportive. Like, you know, like, are you seeing anybody? If so, who is it? Like, um, you know, a lot of that type of stuff. Alex is like, no, I'm single. Like, but, but I might be doing lacrosse. Um, and... Paige is shocked by this news, but to be fair, um, you know, Paige is not privy to whatever growth Alex is going through in this victory lap, basically, of, uh, of you know, finishing up credits and getting all this stuff done to, to continue her life. Um, and Alex is talking about, like, you know, giving up being bitter. Um, and I like that. I like that she's like, I really like this B-plot because I think... It, it's bringing up, like, a very real thing of, like, how hard it is to change and how hard it is to change your mindset. And a lot of the time, it's not inherently because of you as a person, right? It's not internally you that is, like, the the barrier here. But it is, it, it is very hard to do that and have the momentum for it when people um, don't believe you for lack of better terms, like they don't believe in this change or that you have the capability of this change. It's hard to maintain that momentum. And it's, and we're kind of seeing that play out because Paige is not particularly convinced about this change that Alex is going through. Yeah. That sucks. Um, It does. It does. But I understand why. You know what I mean? Like it sucks, but I understand why, because I think that Alex is a very interesting character because we've seen her shift. Yeah. But her core has always kind of stayed relatively the same in the sense of like she's always had a chip on her shoulder. She's always been a little bit more combative. And even if she's somebody you wanted in your corner, she is still like, you know, she's not like you wanted her in your corner, but she's not somebody you would think playing lacrosse like that. that, that still doesn't change. So it, it it's tough to watch her like, you know, have people not believe her or believe in her. But it, it feels very real. Yeah. Um, so, um, we cut once again to the what? 
what are we gonna call this place? We need to call, we're gonna call it the college house. I keep house. calling it college house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, um, so college house. We cut back to college house, and uh, Spinner puts on uh, some music. And the college kids are like, can you guys find a different place to set up shop for the love of God? Like, <laughs> um, and Spinner's like, funny, you should mention that. We, um, we pass a place and like, Jimmy doesn't want to do it though. Um, <laughs> uh, then Mr. Brooks shows up, um, and he's like, oh, what, you know, you guys making t-shirts? Put me down for one. Right. Um, and uh, Jimmy's like, we have a business. Uh, it's with these T-shirts, and people are digging the art. Um, and he's, oh, uh, Mr. Brooks says, you can't afford to chase little dreams. The answer is no. I'll be in my car. Oh, when Jimmy asks him about dipping into the academic fund, and then Jimmy decides to be Jimmy and um, says, I don't need my dad's permission to access my fund. We're going to do this. And again, I like it. Like I like that I like that there's tension with him and his father. It feels like realistic tension to have. Um I like that there is like I don't know, there's just a lot of like little things about characterization that I really appreciate in this um in this plot. Well, the, this episode is good because instead of just having the characters act completely out of their like out of their wheelhouses, like, you know, how many times have we watched episodes where I'm like, this doesn't seem like this person at all, or this doesn't seem like that person at all. This is just following everybody's like, personalities and just like, yep. what would this person this is, you know, know why this episode's good is because this episode is using the same philosophy that Breaking Bad did after the second season where it stopped being about we're going to plan this out and we're going to figure it out it says like, no, what would this character do now? Like, we've seen Jimmy get chastised by his father and be put in difficult positions by his father, and his immediate thing was to rebel. Yeah. Um, like, when that wonderful episode where Craig and Marco bust him out of the hotel room, the hospital room. Um, you know, and, like, we've seen this, con- uh, like I said, same thing with Spinner. We've seen him constantly, like, you know, something happens to him. He's like, you know what, I'm going to chase chase down something that may or may not be good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, we cut to the store. Spinner is passing out flyers inside the store. Um, they are doing a really good job. Um, like, you know, people are selling, they're selling out t-shirts and um, uh, Jimmy mentions like, oh, I could pay my own way to art school. Ashley says, what happened to like going to NYU for pre-law? Mm-hmm. Um, and we we're seeing, I think we're seeing like uh, on the episode on how I met your mother, they, they bring up the idea of like, there's something that always you hear, like kind of a sh- like something that shatters the relationship or is like going to cause problems down the line. This is kind of that moment. Yeah. Um, I think like we're going to run into this. Um, but I like that it's not an issue automatically because her reaction is like, well, as long as we're together, like, you know what I mean? Like she's a little, little like about it, but then she kind of recovers with like, well, as long as we're together, like it's okay. And I like that too. 
like I, I also like that again, like we're falling back to this thing with um Jimmy, which is that relationship with art school and that how when it's 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 interesting because it's like once when things feel stable enough, he considers it. And when things feel okay enough, he considers it. Um and I just really like that. I don't know. I just really like that. Like I like that that kind of back and forth that he struggles with. And I think it worked really well in this. And I just like this episode. I don't know what to say. It's so, it's good. Like, I like that we can meta about it. You know what I mean? Like, I like that there's like meta that we can dig into in this episode versus like when we're like, well, we would do this and we would do that and blah, 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 blah. This time around, it's just like, no, this is really interesting. And this was a good callback to like this idea and this idea. Like, it, it's just a very, it, it's it's just got these nice little bits like I said, it's very old school. It reminds me a lot of like early Degrassi, like those first three seasons. Um, but in a way that actually works with the fact that like, you know, they, especially because Spinner and Jimmy are like in that situation where like technically like, you know, due to if circumstances were different, they would have been graduated by now. Their friends are graduated. They're feeling the stress of that. Like it, it just, all of it made such good sense. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to Alex walking into the gym. Miss Hasselhoff says, our ringer is here. Um, and uh, Alex says to the character who I, we now know as Serena, um, hey, baby carrots, looks like we're teammates. To which Serena replies, doesn't mean I have to talk to you. Um, uh, before we get too far into talking about this other plot, we should notice that someone made a big deal about the cash box in the scene prior, which oh, is never a good sign. Yes, excuse me. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, never some, a good sign. Some, some dude with spiked up hair eyes the cash box, and he's like, oh, I'll be back. Oh, and Spinner says, he'll be back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, cut to... Uh, cut to college house. Um, they got snacks. Yeah, and everybody's like, "Woo, we made so much fucking money!" And Dylan is just like, Haha, "I've taken some business classes. You made no money." <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's, and it's one of those things where it's like, could they have and should they have looked into it before? Absolutely, but it's like it, it it's so like because you can tell that they're so emotionally motivated that like. You totally buy, like, I totally buy that they were, they just went through all of this and did not even remotely look into this. This is why I come to teen media. I come to teen media for dumb teenage plans. I had many dumb teenage plans when I was a kid, and that's what I want to see my characters having, too. So, um, we cut to, um, the lacrosse game. Alex is trying to get Serena to pass the ball, um... And basically, there is no teamwork here. Like, yeah. Serena just keeps... Serena and Alex keep futzing up each other. I also um, feel like somebody in the audience will get... Uh, someone, like, watching the game will get seriously injured because it's indoor lacrosse and there's, like, no barrier between where the fans are sitting and, like, where the game is. Yeah, like, you can, like, you can throw a lacrosse ball pretty fucking hard. Yeah, I've never... I know indoor lacrosse is a thing. Like, I know that. And um, I'm sure in colder climates, it's, like, a necessity. But, like, I was... They were, like, at... They were so close. It was, like, close enough, like, a basketball game. And I'm like, 
<laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Um, cut to the store to squash designs. I hate that. Um, and Spinner's like, guess what? I saved the store by doubling our prices. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and Jimmy hits. Um, Jimmy hits back with, look, this is probably a bad idea. I think my dad was right. Um, and like Spinner's like, no, your dad was wrong. And in 10 years, when we're sipping cognac on our fly company yacht, well, like, we'll laugh in his face. And Jimmy says, wake up. There's no yacht. There's nothing. I'm going to practicing law in New York. And you'll be twisting balloon and it was in North York. Um, Jimmy says, we'll, we'll sell what we have. And then we're done. Um, Spinner says, Spinner goes off to sulk, which honestly, I do not blame him for. No, that was no. very harsh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's harsh. I understand, like, Jimmy is one of those people that does say these types of things and, like, you know, is, is that harsh sometimes? And it's, it's one of those things where, um, yeah, it just, it's, it's hard to listen to. It's, it's sad, but, like, you know, you can see how it just kind of really, like, gets into Spinner's insecurities. It's, it's interpersonal conflict that actually, like, really works. Like, it's not like, it doesn't feel like it's trying to be a punchline or trying to set up a cat fight or something like that, which I feel like happens sometimes with a lot of interpersonal conflict in this era of Degrassi. It, it's just, these characters have always butt heads. These characters have never fully seen eye to eye. So it's not surprising that Jimmy, whether intentionally or not, knows how to hurt Spinner. Yeah. It's just they they are always they have always butt heads. So it, it was nice to see them have that issue in um I don't know, I, again, it's just a lot of like this episode was just enjoyable to watch, even if it wasn't always happy. Like even if they were having trouble, it was like, no, this makes sense. I understand why they're having this issue. It, it it's true to their characters. Yeah. Um, so, in the hallway after the game, Alex catches up with Serena um, and ca- calls her out. And as soon as he's like, oh, so you remember my name. Um, and um, Alex is like, yeah, we, Ms. Hazelak has told me. We, she also told me we had to get along. So, and I love this. So, go team, go. And Serena starts walking away. And I was like, look, I'm trying my best. And Serena's like, yeah, we all know you're, like, a hateful asshole. Call her <laughs> a hateful bitch. I don't like using that word. <laughs> I know, but direct quote, it was it was tough. It's like, woof. It's bad. Alex pushes her. Miss Hasselhoff sees, and Alex is in trouble. Yep. Um, then, um, Jimmy's like, Jimmy sees the two guys from before in very menacing light. Yeah. Um come in and they're like hey feel free like he's like look around i'm just fixing the prices and it's the guy from before he says it's not the the shirts that we're interested in um spinner is wandering around outside when suddenly he hears the scuffle inside um he runs in to see jimmy holding onto the cash box and um like the two guys um, like one is still grappling with Jimmy, the other one's holding the cash box. Spinner uh, attacks the one who's hurting Jimmy, and like basically does some like some pretty sick moves. Like I think we're seeing Spinner's old bully 
fighting skills come out. The choreography is weirdly good, too, in the scene. I was, like, taken aback by, like, how well orchestrated it was. Yeah, and he puts them up against the wall and, like, in a, in a like, armhole and says, like, if you move, I'll break your arm in half. Um, Jimmy says, I owe you one. And calls the police. Um, we cut to outside the school. Um, and Alex offered... I'm, part of me was just like, where'd she get the baby carrots from? <laughs> was offered. Here, here, here's a way for you two to bridge the gap. But, uh, yeah, she offered Serena some baby carrots. Um, and Serena is upset and explains to Alex, like, you know, kind of lists off to Alex, like, all the times that she has maimed Serena over the years. Like, flashing a laser and nearly driving her, like, you know, causing blindness, tripping her and spraining her ankle. Um, You know, there's just, like, really tough, bad things that Serena, it seems like, a lot of, like, just was kind of at the wrong place, wrong time. And that's what Alex tries to say, saying, like, it's nothing personal. Like, it wasn't, like, you know, me trying to attack you. Like, you were just there. And Serena brings up a really good point that, like, that's the problem. Like, you went off and you hurt people and you don't even know who or why or, like, you know, what became of them. And what it, it was a really powerful way to show how much Alex still has to do. Mm-hmm. It was a good way to kind of show how you could work on yourself and you can start making personal changes in your life and you can start, you know, really pushing against your mindset and like, you know, trying to develop better habits. But two things. One, that doesn't mean everyone's going to forgive you. That doesn't mean that like, you know, that doesn't mean everyone is going to suddenly be like, Oh, Alex, like, you know, you you worked on yourself. Um, And, and two, it like, doesn't mean that like, you're going to suddenly like shed off your reputation, whether it's Paige not believing that, you know, she's this new, team-oriented person or Serena believes that she is like you know an okay human in general it's it's just like a really I think it was a really really good way to address something that even I kind of forgot about like because we like Alex we're so charmed by Alex we're cheering for Alex and I think this was a good way to kind of have her come back to earth in a way that just it felt very real and it felt like a thing that again teenagers go through and like I think a lot of kids especially over the course of four or five or however many years it takes to graduate high school go through a lot of growth like a freshman like I I, you know I would see kids freshman sophomore year and then they would come out of senior year an entirely different person and for the better a lot of the time most of the time um but their reputations may not have always, you know, been consistently great either. And it was nice to see that very real challenge happen on a TV show and, like, not have it be a super, like, you know, big thing, right? Because, like, we also saw it kind of with Sean, right? Where Sean had the, had, like, you know, deafened a kid and that kind of, like, hung over him and it just like it just wasn't quite like that episode that he came back home was like kind of a mess for lack of better terms this one just felt very 
it felt like a more it felt like it was trying to get upon similar themes but done in a way that was just way cleaner way clearer and um way more enjoyable while also still bringing up a very real flaw of a character that we love yeah um yeah. i don't know i have nothing else to add to that <laughs> i just have a lot of feelings about this episode but in a good way like again it's nice when we can just meta, right? Like yeah. it's nice that we can just reflect. And and I think that this this episode felt like a very it has the energy of an early season, but it makes perfect sense in this episode in this season, right? It it built upon a lot of work that these characters have been doing. Um but still like you know, it it just it just worked. It was a good episode. Yeah. And we get to the final scene. Um we're at the front of the store. Law enforcement is there. Um, one of the cops that they're talking to is very much like, oh, well, you know, don't open up until you get your vendor's license. Uh, which, you know, I do appreciate that uh, we're running into a very real issue, uh, which is that they didn't think things through. Um, and they do need a vendor license. And um, Jimmy is just like, nah, we're just closed. Like, we're not we're not opening up again. We're done here. <laughs> yeah, like, we're done. Um and Spinner is obviously very hurt by this. Um, and they have a conversation that I, I I liked to like I liked seeing them be able to talk about this in this kind of interesting um, this kind of interesting dynamic where they both talk to each other about how they basically they both have things that the other one is envious of. Um, Jimmy is impressed by Spinner's ability to kind of just come in, save the day, and, like, legitimately incapacitate a guy and be able to, like, be be an action hero. I think he compared him to the guy from 24, if I recall correctly. Um, and Spinner is jealous of kind of just the, like, you know, kind of the, uh, how lucky Jimmy is and how Jimmy has you know, all these talents and the support and, like, this type of stuff, and, like, you know, it, it's, it, he has access to all that stuff, and, um, and there's this just, like, very, it's interesting seeing them point out these things, which in so many ways have caused issues for them, literally since the beginning of the series. Like, these are the types of things they were fighting about when they met, when we met them. And it was it was cool seeing them kind of finally say those things out loud. And it also feels like something that it would take junior high and high school to finally say those things out loud. Like, I don't, again, I don't necessarily think these are characters that should be friends forever. But I do think that um, there's something to be said about those very specific types of friendships that kind of help you through um, and get through high school and... I'm glad that they kind of are able to to say things so clearly now. It's it's really nice to see. And, and it kind of, again, really describes that weird... I feel like this is the weird energy of your last year of high school that we didn't get to see last season. Um, and I like having that they have that conversation together. Yeah. Um, I mentioned this while we were watching the episode... Um, that this is Goodwill Hunting, um, and Donnie, he'd never seen Goodwill Hunting, um, so I just wanted to point out, like, so I wanted to explain why I said it's that, um, 
So yeah, there's this whole the the entirety of Goodwill Hunting is that Matt Damon plays Will Hunting, um, who is a genius, but he's never had the chance. He's never been able to do anything. Um, he, I'm, he, for those who don't know, he he solves a math problem, and the school is on like that's on the board that is just near impossible, and everybody's like, "You're a genius." Like, we're going to try and work with you and get you set up with some stuff. But he refuses, basically, like, he's, you know, been through a lot of trauma in his life. He refuses to basically help himself because, like, he, he'd rather self-sabotage than move forward. And um, his best friend, Ben Affleck, at one point has a conversation with him. And he's, and like, talking about, like, the future. And he's just like, hey, I'm going to... Um, um, like, he's like, oh, what are you gonna, uh, you know, what happens after the meetings? He's like, oh, they're gonna probably set me up a job. He's like, oh, that sounds pretty good. It's like, I'm being fucking doing a long division for the rest of my life. And he's like, like, they're working construction at this point. And Ben Affleck's like, it's better than doing this shit. And he's like, um, and Matt Damon's just like, look, I'm gonna live in Boston for the rest of my life. You know, where you and I are always gonna be friends. And Ben Affleck says, look, if you're here in 20 years, I'm going to kill you. Because what you're doing is you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket, but you're too much of a chicken to... And, like, half the guys here would kill for the chances you have. And you're, like, you're doing nothing with it. Um, and he's like, you know what the best part of my day is? The best part of my day is I'm going to get to your house. Like, like, you know, I get to your house, I knock on the door... And then you, you, I pick you up for work, and then we go out, and we, we have a few laughs. But there's, like, this moment that I'm thinking, you're just going to, I'm going to knock on your door, and you're just going to be gone. No, no goodbye, no see you later, nothing. You just left. And, like, that f 15 seconds before you enter the door, that's the best part of my day. And, like, it honestly, this scene really reminded me of that. Like, the utter jealousy Spinner has. I don't think anybody's ever... I think one of the like I think this is the bit that's the big problem with Spinner, like because we've we've always mentioned he always throws himself in a hundred percent, but he throws himself into things that people tell him are a good idea, mm -hmm. or that he's good at. Like he got into the friendship club because people thought like people told him you could you're you could be a good Christian, you could do the right thing, like um. He got into this when people said, like, oh, like, these are good designs. You guys could make money off of them. Like, it takes, like, a basic ounce of praise for Spinner to want to do it. Because I think Spinner is desperate for somebody to, to praise him. Yep. To just give him a modicum of telling him he's good at something. I don't, yep. don't think, like, I think there's, you know, thousands of people, both children and adults, who've never heard that. No. And I'm going to bring it... Go uh, on. Like, I'm going to bring it, bring it around to Fruits Basket. This is the rice ball problem. Like, everybody sees themselves as a rice ball, and they're like, I'm just plain rice, but they can't see that they have a plum on their back or something great. Not until you bring it up. Yeah. It's very true. It's... Yeah, it just... It feels like... And, and it's just like... Yeah, it... 
again, it's just all of these things that we're talking about, like everything just kind of felt like, yeah, this is, these are the characters that should be going through this plot. And this is exactly what these characters, like, this is exactly like the progression that these characters should be having at this point in their lives. It's again, like I'm just taken aback by how um, well, well done this episode is. And again, is it, is it super large scale? No. Is this an episode you'd see on a top 10 list, uh, like, you know, from uh, a thing about it? No, like, it's not. And that's kind of what I like about it. It's like, it's not the episode people would say goes there. Like, it's not this grand, like, you know, thing that, like, you know, broke a bunch of viewing records and things like that. No, it's an incredibly small scale episode, but it has a lot of heart in the process. Um, and it ends with Jimmy's dad approaching Jimmy and, you know, his dad just kind of being like, you know, glad that he's safe and like, you know, that they have to, you know, they'll talk about it when they get home. Um, and Spinner just kind of watches and he smiles and that's how the episode ends. Well, he also, like Jimmy, his dad doesn't know what happened. Yeah. Like his dad doesn't know, um, that Jimmy took from his academic bond and, um, Spinner's big, like, well, look, man, if I can be brave enough to go punch a dude out for you, you can tell your dad the truth. And Jimmy's like, fair point. <laughs> yep, yep. It's just, yeah, it's just a very, it's just a good episode. It's just, it's a very good episode. It's It's been so long since I think we've seen one like this, and it was a welcome change of pace from kind of the current mode of Degrassi. This is such a good episode that, like, one, I'm giving it an A, mm-hmm. like a solid A. Fuck it, an A plus, because I can't think of a drawback on it. And number I, two, I don't think anybody actually goes down in my rankings. No, I don't. I don't think there's any reason to, because nobody is a bad. I, I understand why like stories have like clear antagonists and things like that, but like, I again, and I think we've said this before. Like, I think what makes teen media so interesting a lot of the time is i think good teen media doesn't really have a clear peer that's an antagonist like in the sense of like they're a bad unforgivable person like everyone kind of has their reasons for behaving the way they do in high school and while there are some people who are just assholes for the sake of being assholes most people aren't it's just a matter of perspective and it's a matter of like you know poor coping mechanisms and things like that and i think this episode really showed that like there's miscommunications people screw up people have screwed up that's a big theme especially in the b plot but it doesn't make them bad people and it doesn't make them like people you are so against like i think what also made this episode so successful is even if every character like every character that was on this episode has screwed up in some way we've seen it we've talked Mm -hmm. about but none of them are unforgivable None of them are people that you, like, can't... It's not like a Peter situation or an Emma situation where, like, seeing them on the screen, it's like, I I really can't... I really am exhausted by them. These are all characters that you genuinely like. Like, you genuinely like pretty much all of them. Um, They're all, you know, just... They've been through and have made bad decisions, but, like, you still cheer cheer them on. And I think it was just a really good combination of characters, too. um, That, you know, and a good... uh, Once again... Good A plot, good B plot, which is so rare to see on the show, where you wanted to see both of them succeed. I genuinely wanted to see both the A plot and the B plot and see how they ended. Um, 
it was just a very good episode. Yeah. I think this 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 part of the cast is like some of my favorite characters, and I think there's a reason why because you want to see them succeed. Yeah. Um. Should yeah. we go to recommendations? Yeah, I guess we'll just go to recommendations. Um. So this is where we recommend things that are related or just things that we're enjoying. Um. I. Um, I have been, we are, we are, you know, it's, uh, February, we're still, you know, quarantining in various ways, if we can, uh, I'm rewatching Jersey Shore, <laughs> um, so that is fun, um, it's fun watching it with somebody who has never watched it before and who is not Italian, um, or, and I recommend doing that because it is always really funny kind of watching someone try and process this on a slight delay because they're not used to any of the weird shit that they're saying. Um, I've started 90 Day Fiance. I have very complicated feelings toward that whole entire franchise. Um, but I guess if you want to kind of know what the heck everybody else is talking about, which is kind of why I started watching it, it's worth watching if you're somebody who just like likes reality tv and likes to know about reality tv um but your mileage may vary on it for me um but i don't have anything particularly highbrow i would recommend right now but uh you know when in doubt just revisit and uh check out some more reality tv i mean i honestly don't have anything else anything highbrow i've been reading the jim butcher dresden files books Still mm. enjoying them. I th- I still think, um, like I still think Harry is a very interesting protagonist, um, in that he's problematic in a fun way, in that he's just like, look, I can't resist a damsel in distress, but he still respects the women he's around, like, and like treats them as equals. Um, so like I I you know I I don't like. People who are like, oh, this dude's problematic and he's just a monster. Like, Harry is just... In one of the books I read, he summed himself up as, I'm stupid and I do try and do the right thing. And that's what I appreciate about him. Yeah. Um, and also, I've been watching uh, nonsense reality TV. <laughs> um, so yeah, when I visit my mom and like my sister's down, we watch um, The Sopranos. Um and also the movie The Gentleman. We've watched it, like, I think a dozen times at this point. And it hasn't gotten old. It's still a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, my sister is doing a cross-stitch of um, one of my favorite lines from the movie. I'm not a gangster, but I've been asked to do some gangster things. Uh, <laughs> good one. And with um, a flowery border around it. And the words in black, except for the word gangster, which I want in red. Um, but then uh, we've also been watching the show Catfish. Ah, classic. A true classic. Well, they're, still ma- they're still making episodes. Oh, um, the MTV is not just ridiculousness for, like, <laughs> every no. The week? No, like, um, we just watched one with this beautiful venezuelan women woman who was being catfished by this awful just terrible dude um because he just kept lying and like hiding he was a coward and we're just like she's like i don't know what i'm gonna do i might give up on love and we're just like honey 
you are so nice and beautiful and like she's she's like I love video games I'm like how how what how what how does she not have like 2,000 like messages in her like inbox and like I know that's not every person's thing but I'm just like honey it's not that hard to replace this asshole (laughs) it's hard if there's one thing I've learned watching 90 Day Fiance it's just not an easy thing to answer if you're in the moment. Yeah. Um, but like, fortunately, like they 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 they, they uh, we were able to expose him, and like I could tell from her body language, like she was done with him, and I was so happy. Good. And like the the they put a thing up on like a, like the afterward. Um, they're like, she never, like, talked to him again. She's looking forward to her new life in the U.S. and her new opportunities. I'm like, fuck yeah. Good. Fucking good. I, um, also, lo- I also love it when Cammy says, like, of men, like, he ain't shit. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so. um, also, I guess you could recommend the episode. I don't know how much you'd really like this episode if you haven't watched the rest of Degrassi, but it's a good episode. Yeah. And, uh, Frank, you've made it through. Um, so if you want to continue the conversation with us over, um, and various, various platforms, you can do it on email at ihopepod at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to send us any questions, comments, concerns. Uh, do you agree with us? Do you think this episode's good? Do you think, uh, we're being a little too hard on season six? Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, if you're interested in potentially, uh, joining us for an episode also, you can, uh, go there. Um, let us know if you're interested in joining us for a specific episode, specific characters, whatever. Um, we'd love to have you. Uh, you can also find us on social media. We have a Facebook group. I hope I can make it through podcasts. And we also have our Twitter account at I hope pod. Um, again, feel free to at us, uh, join us, whatever. Um, and um, you can also support the show by leaving any ratings and or reviews. Once we hit certain amounts of them, we start giving back with free content, whether it's free episodes, fanfic, um, cool bonus content in various ways. Um, and we really appreciate everyone who has taken the time to do that. Um, of course, as always, this is something we have a lot of fun doing. It is something that we love just spending time with each other. Um, and we can't thank everyone enough for taking the time to listen to us, to download, to talk to talk about us, to rate, review, and all that good stuff. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can follow me on Twitter at DM is Unbreakable. Um, I post a lot of anything. Uh, a lot of fandom stuff, also stuff with regarding writing, so um, if you're interested in reading my fanfic or my original fiction, you can find out what's going on with my publications there. Um, I also have a Instagram uh, which is like cats and makeup and drag and all that cool stuff. Uh, Carmela Tafani, that's Carmela with two L's, um, uh, where you can follow me and also see that side of what I do. Um, and that's pretty much it. I don't have anything specifically to promote right now, but um, if you go onto my social media, you'll see what the latest stuff that I'm up to. Um, I have another podcast called I Hope I Can Make It Through with my. Do Fuck. you? Do you really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the Teen Girl Talk outro. I have another podcast with my sister called Teen Girl Talk, where we talk about all kinds of different media and other teen stuff. Um, uh, you can check it out wherever there's fine podcasts. Um, we recently hit our 200th episode. 
Um, and we also did a um, an interview with Sophie Simnet from the movie Twist, and she was lovely to speak to. Oh, it was my sister spoke to her. I had to work, but yeah. That's cool though. Yeah. She was very excited about Susie's um, Susie's cat coming on the Zoom call. Oh, good. So. So delightful. Um, Well, we hope we can keep making it through and that you're going to be there with us. See you next week. Later. Bye.